0: The following program is intended to provide general information only, and its host, Tim Decker, recommends that you always seek competent professional guidance for financial, legal, and tax advice, as everyone's specific needs are unique. WHP Talk Radio 580 now presents Financial Freedom with Tim Decker from ISI Financial Group, a full hour of sleep well at night financial guidance from an experienced financial advisor.
1: Talking about
0: This is your financial show, Central PA. Financial freedom on WHP Talk Radio
2: 580. Well, good morning, everyone. Tim Decker here with you. Financial freedom on this beautiful Saturday morning. Thank you for. Taking the time to make us part of your weekend. I'll do my very best to make our time spent here together worthwhile in my effort to give you straightforward, unbiased, practical financial advice. Let me give you the phone numbers uh, if you would like to reach me. We do take your calls on a first-caller basis, so if you have something that you want to be certain that you and I discuss, uh, I urge you to call in sooner rather than later, and we do... Uh, I will start taking uh, the calls right after our first break here in about five minutes or so. So, again, uh, all we need is your first name, where you're calling from, and you can reach me here, 717-540-0580. That's 717-540-0580. And anywhere else toll-free, it's 800-724-5801. Again, that's 800 800- And for those of you who are phone shy, you can email me here live during the show via ffradio at comcast.net. FF standing for financial freedom. So that's ffradio at comcast.net. And uh, as I said, uh, we do take your calls on a first caller basis and uh, would love to hear from you. Don't be shy. you have any questions about your existing investments, your retirement plans at work? Perhaps you have some money that you're thinking about investing but wondering with what's going on in the financial markets now, with what's going on in Washington, and with it being Super Bowl Sunday weekend, uh, should you invest now? Should you wait? Is the the market going to continue to go down? Uh, Thus you should wait. Is it going to turn around on... Monday, any questions that you have, I can promise you I'll do my very best to give you straightforward, honest answers, and uh, uh, my goal and my passion is to help you any way I can. Well, we have Super Bowl weekend. Tomorrow, we got the Birds, the Eagles against the Patriots. Let me share with you what that means for financial markets, in case you're wondering and if you're not wondering now you'll understand anyway if you want one of the most reliable stock market timing indicators one of the most accurate historical tools if you want to time the stock market did you know that the winner of the super bowl historically has been one of the most reliable indicators that That's right. If you go back and look at history, and you look at whenever there was a year that the NFC won, in this case it would be the Eagles, whenever the NFC won, if you would be investing in the stock market the year following, the markets did much better than the years when the AFC team won the Super Bowl. It's called the Super Bowl indicator. And for those of you who are always unfortunately and wrongly looking for ways to time when to get in and out of the stock market, that one there is as accurate as any other. In fact, it's more accurate than many others. Now you're laughing you're chuckling saying yeah yeah that's a that's really that really has a lot to do with what the stock market's going to do well the point that i'm trying to drive home with that is obviously trying to time the market based upon any indicator is a fool's errand number 1 but to also use this example as something very clearly uh, demonstrating that if you look back into the future, and you d- look at what's called data mining, which means you 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 back test essentially, and you say, okay, hypothetically, if I would have uh, invested during this time, what are the indicators that were um, that were uh, flashing? and you go back f- further and further and further you're always going to be able to find patterns that existed but the the problem with that is it's purely random luck there's no correlation obviously between who wins the super bowl and what's going to take place in the stock market, in the economy, with interest rates or anything. But I wanted to share that with you as we are enjoying Super Bowl weekend here as an example of how people can extrapolate going back and present arguments. As foolish as this one may seem, there are many, many others, and there are many financial forecasters and talking heads on television and so-called gurus who lead, unfortunately, many people to believe that they have a system, they have a methodology, and they'll show you by looking back into history that if you would have followed this approach, that you would have ended up with very, very, very nice returns. The point that I'm really want to wrap this up with is you must be careful who you listen to. You must be careful understanding what is the philosophy and the strategy that is supported by evidence. Evidence meaning that it must be demonstrated to be statistically reliable. That's in contrast to random luck. You must have evidence that is statistically reliable, that is pervasive, meaning that it's applicable across many, many time frames and many, many markets so you can see some statistically reliable consistency. Those are the types of strategies that you should use as the foundation for how you invest. That is in direct contrast and direct conflict of people trying to increase exposure to stocks based upon what happened this past week or based upon what the current valuations are, such as the CAPE 10 ratio, which is the cyclically adjusted price-earnings ratio over the last 10 years adjusted for inflation. That's a real popular one that's in the in the media. A lot in fact there's actually an article in The Wall Street Journal this morning uh talking about that, but you have to you have to <clears throat> be careful to not let any of those scenarios, any of those so called indicators have an impact on how you invest. The only thing that I can tell you that we do know from evidence and financial market history is when valuations are on the high side, like they are right now, they're not outrageously exorbitant like they were in 1999. They are above average. What we can garnish from that is simply the following five and 10-year returns from here. Your returns, your expected returns, should be lower, because... Common sense says if you 're starting at a higher valuation, the future returns should be lower, and the opposite 's also true when when valuations are very low, which by the way is during the context of when news is very, very bad. think about two thousand seven two thousand eight two thousand nine recession, the financial crises. Bad news everywhere, but that's when the valuations were very, very attractive. Prices were very, very low. And what happened to future returns after March of nine Well, we've had nine, almost ten years of fabulous results. So enjoy the Super Bowl tomorrow, but please don't let that be, or anything else, be a tool as to you being tempted to be able to try to time the markets. It's a loser's game. Okay, we're going to go to our first break. When we come back, we'll pick right back up. If you have anything you'd like to discuss with me, you can reach me 717-540-0580 or toll-free 800-724-5801 or you can email me here live, ffradio at comcast.net. I'm Tim Decker and this is Financial Freedom. Sleep well at night financial guidance from
0: an experienced financial advisor. This is your financial show, Central PA. Financial freedom on WHP 580. Once again, here's Tim.
2: Welcome back. Financial freedom. Let's go to the phones. I believe we have Joyce from Palmyra. Hi, Joyce. Oh. JC said we just lost her. Joyce, if you're still there, if you want to call back, I'm sorry if we got disconnected there. Uh, If you want to give us a call back, we'll put you right back up, and I'll be happy to speak with you. By the way, speaking of Super Bowl predictor uh, uh, for the stock market, do you know that that boasts about an 80% accuracy rate? Hmm, maybe there is something to that. Or is it smart to remember that perhaps correlation does not equal causation? Correlation does not imply causation. Of course it doesn't. Well, let's talk about what I know is all over the news. So, as you know, I uh, make it a point here to not waste your time uh, often talking about what's going on in the stock market this last week or yesterday or whatever. But since I know that it's it's uh, screaming all over the news last night, it was on the headlines, <clears throat> it's, it's all over the news this morning, it's going to be on your newspapers, your neighbors are going to be talking about it, You've, uh, it's going to be on social media, it's everywhere. It is everywhere. What am I talking about? Well, you know what I'm talking about. On Friday, that being yesterday, do you know that the Dow Jones Industrial Average, having dropped 665.75 points, let's just say 666, for those of you out there uh, who are of the Christian faith, you hear 666, and it's like, oh, my gosh, What's the chances of that? What does that mean? Anyway, so the market was down, the Dow Jones, not the market, the Dow Jones. And let me remind you, the Dow Jones is comprised of how many companies? 30, 30 companies. So it was down about 666 points. Do you know that that was more points in the way of a drop than it was on Black Monday in 1987? Let me say that again. The market dropped in way of points yesterday at roughly 666 points, more than the market dropped on that unbelievable day, Monday, Black Monday, 1987. But you know what? Points don't mean a thing. Yesterday, the Dow Jones Industrial Average with 666 points, that equated to, take a big yawn now, 2.5% decline. Black Monday, how about approximately 22 to 23% on one day? The point that I'm trying to make here, don't pay attention to points. Pay attention to the extent that you even need to, the percentages. And that will always help bring things and put things in context. For the week, the Dow Jones Industrial Average was down about 4%. uh, The total stock market index roughly the same. And uh, we will talk a little bit about what this means Uh, later on in the show. Okay, let's go back to the phones. I do believe we have Joyce's back. Hi, Joyce, how are you, and how can I help you, ma'am?
1: I'm fine, I'm back. Um, I have a small amount in my IRA of short-term inflation-protected securities. Now, Mm -hmm. I understand they think inflation's going to go up a bit, so my question is, I don't really understand. How does this protect me? How does it
2: work? Sure, sure. Okay, so for the... Benefit of everyone, what Joyce is talking about is, and I assume it's a mutual fund or is it an ETF or or what? No, it's what, a
1: mutual fund, an okay. index
2: fund. Okay. Um, can you tell me the name of the fund,
1: please? Um, short-term inflation-protected security.
2: Okay. And is that Fidelity or Vanguard or? Uh,
1: it's Vanguard.
2: Okay. Okay. Great. So, What that fund is, is it invests in what are called TIPS, T-I-P-S, which is uh, abbreviation for Treasury Inflation Protected Securities. And there are longer maturity TIPS, and there are shorter ones, which is what you have, obviously. And the way these bonds work is they are designed to pay a fixed yield, Whatever the yield is at the time the bonds are purchased, and in this case, if you own that mutual fund, they own many of these tips. So they buy these tips. There's a fixed yield. It's typically not real high. But what happens then is the principal of the bonds adjusts throughout the year based upon inflation. So... When the consumer price index um, and inflation starts going up and up and up and up, these bonds, the principal, will move up and down based upon unexpected inflation. The yield remains the same for the individual bonds, but it's the principal that will move up and down based upon unexpected and Uh, uh, all other forces of inflation that are built into the actual uh, uh, price of the bond. So your total return is a combination of whatever the fixed yield is. That doesn't change until the bond matures, and then the principal will move up and down based upon unexpected inflation. And when I say unexpected inflation, what that means is, any inflation that's not already built into the price is what's gonna cause that to bump up or down. So that's why tips are considered, you know, a very good inflation hedge. However, um if you go back over like the last thirty years, they actually uh since they have been in existence, they actually have not served as well as an inflation hedge even as good as short-term or intermediate-term bonds. But that's how that fund works. It's going to move up and down based upon unexpected inflation while you're receiving a fixed yield. Does that help you out?
1: Yeah, but just if I can just ask one more question. Sure. Wouldn't I be better off in, to just be in short-term bond fund? Because I do have one of those, too. And I don't know which one's better if inflation starts going
2: up. Yeah, well, the, the the TIPS fund, the Short-Term Treasury Inflation Protected Securities Fund, that is going to serve better when inflation appears much more than what is expected. If it if it increases, if it increases relative to what is expected and interest rates start going up as they have in the past few weeks, then the bonds in your short-term bond fund, those as they mature, they'll be able to reinvest those at higher yields. So what what I would do is I would make sure that you understand and look at what the duration of both of those bond funds are. I would make sure that your short-term bond fund to make a fair comparison that all of the bonds in that fund are government bonds. It should be a short-term government index type fund because the, the the bonds that you own in that TIPS fund, those are all 100% backed by the full faith and credit of the U.S. government. So to make an apples-for-apples apples comparison, you want to make sure that both of those have government bonds and what I would do, and for me to be able to give you real spe- specific advice, I really would need to look at your whole picture, Joyce, before I would say, yeah, let's, you know, let's get rid of that one and move it into here, because we never want to look at anything in isolation. It's important that we look at everything as a whole. But okay. long, long, long story short, if you hang on to that short-term tips fund in the long-term that is not a bad investment to have as part of your overall portfolio you 're okay. not going to get not going to get hurt with that one, so
1: okay, because my short term bond fund is not federal it 's corporate it 's yes. a short term corporate bond fund
2: yeah, and the reason why i don 't if you go back like in two thousand and eight, when the stock market you know had a sharp down year, we want we want our bond funds and our bond investments to help buffer the times that the stock market is down. And actually, during times of panic, like what we were seeing in 2007, 2008, in the beginning of 2009, when people are panicking and they're rushing out of stocks, they rush into safe government bonds. And that's the time that those government bond funds do very, very well. If you look in 2008, Vanguard has a short-term corporate bond fund Uh, That's that's not. Yeah. Yeah. And that actually had a negative return Uh, was it was either negative one or two percent that year. But if you look at the government bonds or the total bond market index, which is predominantly government bonds, that was up about five and a half percent. And if you look at their intermediate term government bond funds, uh, they were up as much as 10. So government bonds, that's why I'm a huge fan of. Of of short and intermediate term government bonds, the yields are going to be a little bit lower, but I can tell you, when the stock market goes through, you, you know, extended periods of downturns, those government bonds are going to be your very best friend. So I hope that helps oh, oh. you out, Joyce.
1: Yeah, that really does. And by the way, I hope the market keeps going down for a while, because I want to buy into my total stock market, and I want to wait till it gets down really down far, so I hope it keeps going down for a little bit.
2: <laughs> you just put a big smile on my face. I like how you think.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, have, I sort of have a goal. If it goes down like a 1,000 more, I'm going to start putting a little bit more in. If it kept going up, I was going to take a little bit out. So I understand. Yep, that's, how you, that's yeah, how you rebalance.
2: Yeah, I understand you...
1: that principle.
2: Yep, rebalance, and that over time will keep your risk in line and will also – Provide you with nice future expected returns thank well, you for your been, call I've joyce
1: been, i've been listening to you and that's why i sort of know what to do so thanks for all your advice
2: oh thank you that's very very kind thanks for your call joyce
1: okay bye-bye
2: bye-bye all right let's go to the news when we come back we'll pick right back up and uh, we've got some pretty interesting things we're going to be talking about don't go anywhere
0: show central pa financial freedom on whp talk radio 580
2: welcome back love to hear from you 717-540-0580 the 717-540-0580 or toll free 800-724-5801 or you can email me here live at ff radio at comcast dot net. That's FF radio at comcast dot net. Okay, I have an email here that uh uh I had actually received from Bobby last week uh but we didn't we ran out of time and I had asked her if she would follow up with me this morning. I would make sure and get to her question. So Bobby emails and says that um uh Her husband passed on, and by the way, uh, my sincere condolences, uh, Bobby. Husband passed on and left her some money, which is about uh, currently 25% in bonds, 75% in stocks. Uh, During this past week, Bobby says, I took the Vanguard questionnaire the result told me that I should have instead 40% in stocks versus 75 that she has now and 60% in bonds versus the only 25 that I have now. As you can see, Tim, I am far in the other direction. My question is, how do I go about making a change this great, and what Vanguard bond funds should I be considering? Thank you in advance for any information you can give me. It's my pleasure to help you out. Um, What I would offer you is simply, I would not make any changes and let your allocations be determined by a questionnaire as the only tool. Uh, Questionnaires can be helpful for purpose of discussion, but don't ever, ever, uh, just based upon... Some questions that you answer, and then what the results are that that spits out don't let that ever be the sole reason for how you invest what your allocations are so I would first of all it's okay that you took that, but I would not let that be uh, the end all as to how how you invest and what you know whether or not these allocations that they're suggesting is accurate or not. What I would suggest, though, as I was sharing with uh, Joyce earlier, is uh, it would be helpful if you haven't, uh, and it sounds like you haven't, rather than trying to get investment advice over the computer by filling out questionnaires, it really, really would help you tremendously if you could find a trusted advisor Um That you would feel very comfortable with that you make sure in advance, in advance that you get something in writing that spells out that they are a 100% fee only advisor and they will sign a fiduciary oath which says, amongst other things, that they will not only serve as a fiduciary for you at all times and looking out for your best interest, but also... That fiduciary oath should also include something in writing that says that they will receive no compensation from anyone in any form whatsoever for any advice that they offer you other than you paying them for like an hour or two of their time. And the reason that that would be so helpful is... What needs to be done here to help you come up with what your proper allocations should be is your whole entire household, all of your portfolio, as well as what you have in savings, as well as what you have in CDs, checking, all of that should be taken into consideration in helping come up with what is the proper allocations for this money that you're talking about. You never want to make an investment allocation decision in isolation. In other words, we don't want to just look at this account and come up with an allocation without making sure that it's going to fit into and complement all of the other investments and in cash accounts and CDs and whatever else you have. So look at everything as a whole and based upon that, and based upon what your needs are, how much monies do you need over the next five to eight years for income? We always want to make sure, and you know, you know when we work with our clients, we always emphasize we want to have a minimum a minimum of seven to ten years' worth that's in nothing but short-term and intermediate-term U.S. government bond funds. And if we're going to have some in... Corporate bonds, they're going to be just just going to be a little bit and it's going to be nothing but investment grade. So let your needs serve as to how much you're going to end up having in that bond portion of your portfolio. Again, as a general rule of thumb, I would suggest a minimum of 7 to 10 years in things like safe, stable, short, intermediate term government bonds, CDs cash those types of things because if you have 7 to 10 years worth of what you're going to need to withdraw in those things <clears throat> when we go through market declines like we did this last week and what we'll, you know when when we go through it for an extended time which we may that may be happening now it may not happen for 6 6 months but it will take place what gets you through those inevitable stock market declines is knowing that you have enough set aside on the shelf that's not in stocks, but is in the safe, stable, short, intermediate-term government and investment-grade bonds, as well as some cash and some CDs. You also asked what you know what what bond funds might I recommend. Um, I always am a huge fan of taking a laddered approach. Having some in some short term government bond funds and some intermediate term government bond funds by having some of both you 're hedging yourself against interest rate risk um, and 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 you also are going to have times where the volatility of those bond fund uh, share prices will vary, and they 're not going to go up and down at the same pace again, diversification. And by laddering those out, um, uh, you're you're going to be just fine. So I can't, unfortunately, I can't tell you what your allocation should be. You need to sit down with a trusted fee-only advisor. Uh, we're not easy to find. Our firm, obviously, is one, but you don't have to come see us. All that matters to me is that you find somebody who's a 100% fee-only advisor. And don't forget, if you haven't done so, you can go to our Website and download that free questionnaire that we have there on the home page. Our website is isifinancialgroup.com. That's isifinancialgroup.com. Scroll down uh, on the home page there, and there's a financial fiduciary questionnaire. You can cl- click on that, and then you can download it and print that out. And if you will take the time and use that to interview any financial advisor and get those answers in. Writing, Bobby, I can assure you, you will be able to find somebody who who will work for you and you alone and who is paid by you to look out for your best interest, a trusted, fee-only financial advisor. I hope that helps, and uh, I wish you the very, very best. Don't be shy, and if we can help you in any other way, please know I will. All right, let's take our last break. When we come back, we will pick right back up. I'm Tim Decker, and this is Financial Freedom. Financial Freedom. Simplified, do
0: or die, so gung hold to go and pay the price. Here's to Leathernecks, devil dogs and jarheads, Paris Island in July.
2: Separate. Welcome back, Tim Decker, here with you on this Super Bowl weekend. Thank you for making us part of your Saturday morning. Okay, um, looking back at this past week, were you surprised? Are you shocked? Were you caught off guard? Or, as a listener to this program, as I've been urging you over and over again over the years, to make sure that you understand that the best way to get through inevitable, let me say that word again, inevitable, which means it's bound to happen, normal, normal in contrast to unusual and abnormal and temporary in contrast to permanent. The only way that I have seen people be able to weather these change of seasons, these unpredictable storms, if this is a storm, I don't know if it's a, If it's a uh, uh, if it's heartburn or a heart attack, we'll we won't know until we see what happens over the next few weeks and months. But wouldn't it be nice? Wouldn't it be nice to know that you have such a beautiful, diversified portfolio that within this portfolio you have it built in such a way that it is designed to expect declines which again you need to expect them just like the change of seasons these things come but wouldn't it be nice to be able to sleep well at night knowing that your portfolio and your financial plan already has these things accounted for and built into it so that when they take place when you hear your neighbors talking about what's going on in the financial markets and you hear your family members talking, and others are worried, wouldn't it be nice to know that you don't have to worry because you were expecting this? And you've also heard me say on numerous occasions, surprise is the mother of all panics. Surprise is the mother of all panics. So when markets do go through their normal declines, albeit the events that are tied to those can never be predicted in advance. We only know that they will take place when they go through those normal declines. If you have a portfolio that is so beautifully diversified and you have, as I was sharing with our callers um, uh, earlier, if you have enough that you've set aside 7 to 10 years worth or even more, depending upon how conservative you want to be, in those safe short-term and intermediate-term government bonds that we saw in 2008 when the stock market went down, those investments were our clients' best friends. That's what got our clients, and, and, and those are the investments that would get you And should get you, whether you're trying to do this on your own, which I never advise, but some people still try, or if you're working with your own advisor, always make sure that you have enough in those types of investments that will get you through and allow you enough time to not have to worry about needing to sell any of your stock holdings when we are temporarily down. And then your stock holdings, As long as you are globally diversified and you're using things, ideally institutional asset class funds, if you don't have access to those, if you're not working with an advisor that has access to those, then the next best would be generic low-cost index funds. But if you have a portfolio that utilizes those and thus you're indirectly part-owner of seven or 8,000 companies throughout the world, fear not. Fear not. Again, everything needs to go back to making sure it's in line with your personal goals, your personal objectives, your financial plan, and your personal tolerance for being able to deal with fluctuation. But I'm telling you, I'm telling you, If you do not yet have a detailed, written, evidence-based, and goal-based financial plan that serves as the guide to how you're invested, now more than ever is a great time. It's never too late to do the right thing in the world of investing. Otherwise, you're going to end up feeling like a deer in headlights. You're going to end up being subject to whatever your emotions are, and whenever you allow your emotions to ultimately be what impacts how you invest, how you change your investments, what we know is that's when you can self-inflict financial wounds that that can cost you dearly. So the good news is, there is a way. There is an answer. Develop a goal-oriented financial plan. Use that plan to serve as your guide to build a beautiful, diversified portfolio. And then when we go through these inevitable market declines, not only will you be able to write them out, but what's really neat, as Joyce said earlier, you can rebalance and actually take advantage of buying lawn furniture in December. Have a good weekend. Go Birds!